talking this morning again about a Christmas message we all need. A Christmas message we all need. And this morning I want to talk to you about the dead hear his voice. Last week we talked about the weak when, but this is the dead hear his voice. Uh, do you hear what I hear? All right, that's a popular song on the radio right now. Do you hear what I hear? But do you know the history of this song? It was, what's the meaning of it? At first, listen, you might think this is a timeless classic. Do you hear what I hear? You know, a star in the night, you know, and a little boy and a shepherd and a king. And do you hear what I hear? And in fact, this song uh, actually, while it sounds like a classic, it was sung, and it was sung by Bing Crosby and many, many more. Uh, it was actually written only in 1962 in October by a Frenchman named Noel Regency, uh, Regni, and his wife Gloria. And they were in New York. And it was actually the same time as the Cuban Missile Crisis. And uh, Noel, the husband, and Gloria, the wife, uh, they were asked, they were a husband and, and wife duo to compose music, and one would write and one would sing. And uh, they were asked to write a Christmas song. Well, they didn't really like Christmas and, and all the uh, materialism and modernism of it and uh, all the, the stuff that it had become. And so he actually said no. But in, during this Cuban Missile Crisis, he was walking through uh, New York and he saw kids playing and it moved him that we could be in danger and it could be gone in a heartbeat. And so he decided to pin the song and that's where the song, Do You Hear What I Hear, comes about. Well, he had an actual agenda when he wrote this, he actually had fought in World War II, so he knew the, the pain of war and what could happen if the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis would, would actually develop into a, a real crisis. And so he actually wrote this song as a political statement through a Christmas uh, nativity, all right? And uh, in fact, he was a Catholic who became a Unitarianism, uh, a Unitarian meaning everybody goes to heaven, and his wife was a Jew. These were not religious people at all, not even actual uh, Christians in the way that you and I believe today. And in fact, his daughter years later would say, even the star that he talked about at night, and to his idea, it was about the bombs that could go off. And his main point was the end of the song, which is about praying for peace everywhere. And so, do you hear what I hear? And clearly, I think many people today do not hear the author's original intent in the song. I know I didn't. I had no idea that this song about do you hear what I hear is actually about the, I will never listen to this song again. Now, in the same way, uh, do you hear what I hear? Uh, and do you hear what I hear? There's a message in that. To millions of Americans who listen to this song, they are hearing a song about the nativity. But to the author... He was writing a song through the nativity about an American political crisis of his day, calling for peace in the world. You know, you can be in an argument, you can watch the news, and today in a divisive society, two people can watch the same news, two people can hear the same story, and we're going to say, do you hear what I hear? No, no, you hear what I hear? And we can hear two completely different things at the same news station. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You can have a, a relationship with your family, you have an argument, and y'all both are talking about the same thing, and neither one of you are hearing the same conversation. Anybody been in a situation like that before? You're not, do you hear what I hear? No, do you hear what I hear? And neither one are hearing the same thing. Now, I think that can happen with us in God. That God can speak a word and the author's original intent can be one thing, and our hearing and interpretation can be another thing. So the question is, do you hear what God is saying in the way the author has 
said it. Sometimes I think we aren't really listening in these situations, but sometimes I think we hear what we want to hear. From the very beginning, God has been speaking to man. In the beginning, the Bible says that God said, let there be light. The voice of God came uh, uh, curling in through creation and just burst into into light when he said, let there be light. And every time he said, let the seas part and the sky be made, it was so and it was good. God's been speaking from the very beginning. Uh, His voice has been declaring who he is and what he has done. Even in the garden, God would speak to man and woman and call them to walk with him. And yet man and woman would choose to listen to another voice, a voice of half-truths, a voice of compromise, a voice of self uh, from that old serpent, the devil. The Bible says he's been a liar, a murderer, and a thief, and has always tempted man to question God's voice. Yet God still kept speaking. He'd speak to Noah, and he'd speak to Abraham, and he'd speak to Moses in the bush, and then he would speak to Israel on the mountain. But yet even in that moment, Israel would reject to listen to God's voice and they would ask Moses to go up for them. You see, God, even in that moment, as Israel was literally, literally about to navigate a wilderness called sin, God said, I want to shepherd you through this wilderness that you will follow my voice all the way into my promises. I'm going to guide you like a good shepherd. And if you'll just listen to me and follow me every time I speak, I want to talk to you face to face. I want to walk with you. I want to shelter you and lead you by streams of living waters, take you to greener pastures, take you deeper into my promises. But what happened? Israel rejected continually the voice of God. We would be the sheep who would continue to stray. And the Bible says that God would prophesy many times that he would send one day a true shepherd to speak more plainly in the midst of his people, that they would follow his voice. He even told Ezekiel in chapter 34, verse 23, he said, Then I will set over them one shepherd. Everybody say shepherd. My servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself, and he will be their shepherd. And I, I the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. God has been calling man to himself since the beginning. And he has always wanted to be as a shepherd, a head of his people, calling them to himself. In fact, if you go back in time, ancient shepherds, what they would do, instead of just how we might use sheepdogs and different things today, the ancient shepherd, he might have hirelings behind him, but he would actually lead the flock, and he had a unique call that the sheep knew his voice, and whatever that unique call was, he would lead them and keep calling, and they would follow him to greener pastures, all right? And even at night, as even if multiple shepherds would use the same fence, the same sheepfold, they would put multiple flocks together. And as those flocks would be in there by night, the shepherd would guard the door. And in the morning, he would use his unique call for his sheep. And the sheep who had been raised with him and knew him would come out and the other sheep would stay in. And they even say that the only reason a sheep may go out with someone else or not listen is if the sheep was sick. Do you hear what I hear? Are we hearing the same thing, or are we hearing what we want to hear? And what is God speaking to you? The Bible says that we are all like sheep prone to wander. Each of us have turned our own way. Isaiah said we're, that we're all sick sheep. 
We're all quick to listen to another voice, just like Adam and Eve. We're quick to follow someone that says, give in to this, or turn to this, and fulfill yourself there, or find pleasure here, or find fulfillment there, or find building up yourself there. It's okay to give a little. It's okay to pleasure yourself a little. It's okay to do that. They deserve it. Don't worry. You are good. You are awesome. You are great. You are worthy of all these things. And we love that little voice that calls us to go a little further away from the voice of our good shepherd. We don't know our own needs like sheep. We don't know what's best for us. We think we're often in control of our life. We try to supply our own happiness. We follow that wrong voice and we find ourselves where, just like Israel, lost in the wilderness of sin, easy to pray for that old devil that roars like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And that's where we find ourselves right now in Luke chapter 2. That God, knowing our story, us like sheep, and him, the good shepherd, says that he would send a shepherd who would call us ahead to himself. And look with me in Luke chapter 2, verse 7. I'm going to talk to you about multiple cries of God, multiple calls of God to himself that you're going to see through the life of Jesus, okay? For those who follow his cry, they never die. Those who follow his cry never die. Die. The first cry is the cry of a lamb. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, it says that she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth, laid him in a manger, and there was no room for them in the inn. In the same reason, region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord stood suddenly before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In that day, you know the story, most of us do. The inns were full, and uh, Joseph and Mary have heard from the voice of the Lord through an angel, and they go, and they, they go to uh, Bethlehem in Judea, the house of bread, to this little stable, and outside, maybe in a cave or in a stable behind the inn, there in the middle of cows and sheep and whatever else, and the rustling of all that in an animal trough, in a hay trough, in a feeding trough, there Jesus is born. He was born to no crowds, no fanfare, no fine linens, but there on that quiet night, God appointed the time. In the middle of all that, a baby's cries burst forth. That's the first cry. I want to think about something is, I wonder on that night, that as that first cry of that baby burst forth, if all hell began to shudder. You see, the same God who spoke, let there be light, was now speaking through man for the first time. I guarantee that demons heard something that night, and things in the heavens began to shake, and the demons began to say, oh, no, he's here. As that first cry went out in that silent night, man, that all the heavens began to rejoice. And the Bible says that heaven couldn't contain, as soon as that first baby's cry came out, that the heavens couldn't contain it. Somebody's got to rejoice. And angels birthed forth. And who did they come to? Shepherds. Shepherds. Because this little baby was going to be the Lamb of God. This innocent little baby who needed care, who needed comfort, who needed a family, who did nothing wrong, was going to take away the sins of the world. And who better to come comfort him than shepherds? God would be a good shepherd and he'd send his own lamb to be a savior of the world. This helpless babe would be born to die. And that's the first cry that God's voice speaks on this world. 
The second cry is a cry of a good shepherd. And that voice was first born in a stable among sheep and shepherds. That voice began to grow. And as it grew, he began to preach, repent, and believe in the kingdom of God. And he would go to the lost sheep of Israel without a shepherd, the Bible says. And he would cry out multiple times, come to me, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He would be ahead of them and say, come, come out of that. Come out of that sheepfold. Come out of that place. Come out of that wilderness. Come to me. He would stand at a feast and another day, and he'd say, come to me, all who are thirsty. Come, and I will give you something to drink, the water you don't know that will fill you to overflowing. Rivers of living water will flow from your belly. Do you hear him as a shepherd? Come drink. Come who are weary. Come to me. He's ahead of them, and he's got his unique call that he would sound like nobody else had ever sounded in the history of the world. Our God would call with a unique voice and a unique call. And a unique ministry. And he would say in John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. And he verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 27 and 28, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give the eternal life to them, and they'll never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. You see, this same voice that said, receive your sight, people receive their side. The same voice that said to this man, get up and pick up your pallet and walk, that man immediately became well and walked. When he told demons to flee from this voice and this cry, demons began to flee. When he said to that 12-year-old little girl, Tabitha, get up and wake up, and he told their parents, give her something to eat, she got up because his voice declared it. I want you to think about the call of this Messiah, the call of this shepherd. When he comes to Lazarus' tomb and he says, roll it away, and he says, Lazarus, get up and come out, that Lazarus could do nothing but respond to the call. This is the same voice that said, let there be light, there was light, stars, stay there, moon, revolve here, earth, spin on this axis. That same voice began to speak on the earth to man and call to himself. Let me ask you a question. If the stars obey this voice, if the demons obey this voice, if lame legs obey this voice, if young dead people obey this voice, his sheep will obey his voice. You see, the question is not, will the sheep obey? The question is, am I a sheep? Because if a star must stand in place to his voice, his sheep will come the same way with his voice. My question is, if I'm not responding to his voice, am I a sheep? His voice beckons his sheep to come. And he even says in John, he says, everyone who is the truth hears my voice. Do you hear what I hear. That's the question for us to ask one another. Jesus is calling. Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear this call the same way I hear this call? Do you hear it to come lay down your burdens and follow the Lord? Do you hear it to give up material possessions and follow him? Do you hear it to say give up all those fights and arguments of this life and follow him? Do you hear it to say give up your time, talent, and treasure and follow this voice? To give up all the things that give you pleasure in the natural and find peace evermore in the spiritual? That, that voice that is getting up in the morning and saying, God, I want to be near you. You're calling me deeper still. Because his sheep, they hear it and they will come. His sheep come. And the question is, do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what the master is actually saying? 
Just like that song, the author had one intention in writing it, and we can hear another. This voice has an intention when he speaks. He has a purpose. There's a cry of a lamb, the cry of a shepherd, and next was the cry of a son, John 10, 11. Jesus said, I'm that good shepherd, but the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. You see, he would not only come as a lamb and as a shepherd, but he'd come as a father's son. This good shepherd would do his father's will to redeem a lost and dying world. He laid down his life for that lost sheep he came to save. The Bible says in Isaiah that he would bear our griefs, he'd carry our sorrows, he'd be pierced for our transgression, he'd be crushed for our iniquities. Why? Because we all like sheep. You see this? We all like sheep went astray, and the Lord and they laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 50, uh, chapter 53, verse 70 says, He was like a lamb led to the slaughter. You see, on that cross, the baby who cried as a lamb, this, this young man who cried as a shepherd, this son, now is crying out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. On the cross, that Luke says, he kept crying out, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And then he lay, gave one last cry. That same baby who cried at the beginning of this story where all of hell was shaken and heaven birth forced in course, his last cry said, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And as that first cry shook the gates of hell, that last cry broke the veil that separated us from God in, in the temple. That first cry shook the heavens and the uh, earth beneath. This last cry would break that difference that said, now all men may come. That 90-foot curtain was brick, uh, ripped from top to bottom that separated the common man from the holy place of God. And as if God was making one final statement that all who are thirsty can now come, I'm going to make it plain for you. If you can hear my voice, if you're listening to what I'm saying, I've sent my son as a lamb to the slaughter, as a shepherd crying in the wilderness, as a son who's interceding for you and will die for you. And now we've ripped this thing open and said, look, I'm going to make one final demonstration. If you're my sheep, would you come? The common man, come. Thirsty, come. Hungry, come. Broken, come. Come to me. Come out of where you're living. Come out of what you're thinking. Come out of what you're doing. And find some rest for your soul. You see, he's still calling. He'd make one final plea, even in Revelation, to John. From heaven. John, you're the last one, man. John, Behold, I'm standing at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice, if they hear my call, if they hear my hello, if they hear my greeting, if they hear me, come out. He says, and they open the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. You see, does it move you that Jesus is calling you? Does it move you that Jesus is calling you? When you figure out that you're a sinner and you deserve hell and there is nothing you can do but that God so loved the world he sent his son, if that doesn't move you to give up your life and your hobbies and your traditions and your, your behaviors and your personality and anything that you could hold on to and say, I don't care what I have to give up, I'll sell it all if it means coming to him. You see, one of the hardest things I had to give up ever in my entire life was not my career choice, which was hard. 
It was not giving up a degree I had already paid for, $60,000 for. It was not giving up, uh, you know, a, a career path into psychology. The hardest thing I've ever had to give up was myself, my personality, my shyness, my pride, my control. I'm still working on it. The hardest thing I had to give up was myself. And that might be the price for us. Would you come? You see, he's calling, and many are hearing, but they're not understanding. Many are hearing, but they're not coming. Many are hearing, but we continually live for ourselves. I hope you'll hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. I hope you'll hear in this season what God is actually saying. Because there's one voice I believe in the world today that we can say, well, I just need to be a good Christian and a good person, but I can have all this other stuff on the side. And I can kind of compromise it. And there's another voice that's saying, there is radical Acts chapter 2 Christianity where demons still tremble, where lame still walk, where this thing actually changes families, where people are all into Jesus and they don't have this other American dream on the side and they're not concerned with earthly pursuits. But then this other voice is saying, yeah, but that's, that's just for certain people. That's just for pastors and radical people. And God is just calling, I believe he's calling his church to radical, biblical, Bible-based, spirit-filled Christianity. He's calling us deeper to something more that this world has tried to compromise and water the gospel down. It's tried to churchy in. It's tried churchiness. It's tried religion. It's tried denominationalism. It's tried to say, I want to have all this plus Jesus. And God is saying, no, you don't understand. You're listening to another voice. I'm calling you to something better than you could ever do for yourself. Come. Come be with me. Just get up in the morning and spend time with me. Just get alone with my word. Get the Bible out and, and go alone and pray with me and talk to me. And I'm going to tell you who I am and what I like and what I don't like. I'm going to open your soul and it's going to be like an onion. And I'm going to work on this layer and this layer and this layer. And I'm going to go deep with you. And I'm going to show you some things about yourself that don't make you happy. And I'm going to show you some things about yourself that often get you into trouble. I'm going to go deep into your soul and show you how to drink from the wells of life. How to have a life that is abundant and fulfilled and lives and lays down in peace as you sleep at night that wakes up in the morning with joy that's new every day because there's a, a time where we're trying to feed ourselves with all kinds of worldly things myself included we try to fit it all in and, and fill as much of this life as we can take before we die get as much of the entertainment and the hobbies and, and be in the know about the latest fashions and trends and movies we we try to have it all and say we want Jesus too there's a simplicity of the gospel that says it's Jesus plus nothing and everything you need is in him. That your good shepherd knows how to take you to the best water. He knows you take, how to take you to the greenest pastures. He knows how to take you to a well that never runs dry. Though you're always satisfied because you've been in him. There will be one last cry from this Jesus. Look with me in John 5. One last cry. The cry of a lamb, the cry of a shepherd, the cry of a son, the last cry will be the cry of a trumpet. You see, there'll be one more cry that you and I will hear of the voice of God on this side of eternity. 
John chapter 5 says this, Truly, truly, verse 25, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is. Somebody say, now is. It already now is. That hour is now is. That now is not just now coming. That hour is now is. He says, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear it will live. And just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. And don't marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear His voice, and they will come forth. And those who did good deeds to a resurrection of life, and those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. There is coming an hour, and that hour now is. This hour is right now that says, those who are dead in their trespasses and in their sins, they are going to hear this voice, and they will live. And there is another hour coming that when He comes through the clouds, and He speaks as a trumpet through an archangel, the Bible says, that the dead will rise first and we who are alive and together will gather with them to be with the Lord forever and always there is one more call I don't want to miss and that is a call from a trumpet sounding voice that he is going to be so loud you know what a trumpet it's not that he's going to shout with the trumpet it's that his voice is going to echo through the heavens I believe it's just going to be the saints that hear it you're going to have one moment where you're going to say I hear something, and then in the blink of an eye, we're going to be gone. You're going to hear a blast, and I believe he's going to say, come. Come. And you're not going to have a choice if you're his sheep. His sheep, in that moment, come. They're going to come. You're not going to have, just like the star stands in place, star stay. He's going to say, sheep, come. You're not going to have a choice if you're his sheep. You see, that voice holds the world. That voice says to a demon, be gone. That voice says to a lame man, walk. That voice says to a blind man, see. And that voice says to a sheep, that sheep comes. It's natural. See, it's natural for a sheep to follow the voice. My question is to myself, Heath, do you hear? Is it natural, Heath, for you to come, when he says, Heath, stop thinking that, come over here. Okay, God, I'm coming. Heath, stop holding on to those things, let it go, come. See, if we're a sheep that knows his voice, it's natural, it's immediate, it's responsive. If there's some area of sickness, though, in my life, some area of false truth, some area of compromise, I'm going to be like, I don't know, I kind of like this. Feels pretty good right now. I like thinking this about myself. I like holding on to grudges. I like having that. I like doing this. I like feeling this way with this person. I like doing that. I like watching this amount of TV. I like being on Facebook this much. I like how I've ordered my life. I like my budget right now, God. I don't have room for this or that. But he says, hey, would you come? Would you come? I want to be a sheep that responds to the voice of God like the mountains do. I want to be a sheep that responds to the voice of God like Lazarus' dead body did. I want to be a sheep that responds to the voice of God like the sea that held back at the land, like the stars that shine every night, that the world that spins. I want to be so obedient, so close, so intimate with the voice of God that when he speaks, I say, yes, Lord, 
your servant comes. Yes, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. You see, the dead will hear and live. At the thunder of his voice like a trumpet, and in an instant, he'll descend from heaven with a shout. One more voice, one more cry. Today, our good shepherd is calling. He's ahead of us on this journey. He's the first of resurrected fruits. He already made the journey for resurrection. He's on the other side. In a little bit, he's going to say, come. Come be resurrected with me. Come out of that shell of a body. Come out of that natural life. Come with me. Come up here. And what a day. Today, he's calling us to separated communion. He's calling us to belong in his loving presence. He's calling us to healing, to joy, to hope, to security, to confidence. And do you hear what the author of the song is saying? Do you hear what I hear? Come. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? Father, we want to respond to the cry of your voice. Lord, for on one part, perhaps we've never come to your call. And Lord, if there's someone here this morning that has never come, Lord, I pray that right now, this moment, we sanctify this moment, Holy Communion. Jesus, would you just speak, Holy Spirit, to every heart, to every weary soul that we want to come. You're here today and you've never responded to Jesus for the first time or maybe your life right now, you recognize it. It is a mess. It is out of order. It is not in the place you want it to be. You do not feel fulfilled in where you're at in life. You want a, a peace at night. You want to live in a place where Jesus is the guardian of your soul. You want to be saved and know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are a child of God, that you can cry out, Abba, Father, that the Holy Spirit is in your heart right now in this moment. You can have that peace. You can have that hope. You can have that confidence. You can be born again, made alive in Christ. And the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we will yet repent and say, Lord, I'm tired of doing life my own way. I repent of my sin, Jesus. I come to you, Lord, that you might save me and fill me and make me new. And it's all by faith. Nothing that we could ever do would wow God or please Him any more than what His Son has already done for you. You can never earn it. You can never attain it. It's all been purchased through Jesus. It's simply trusting in His work on the cross, on His love for you, and not what you have done or what you could ever do. I can never earn Jesus' love. He freely gave it. He freely gave it. He demonstrated it when He died for you. And you just have to say, Lord, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit, Lord, that life apart from you does not work. And Jesus, I need the Holy Spirit in my heart. I need you to change me, renew my mind, renew my heart. If that's you today, you can just begin to pray a prayer like that just from your heart. And it could just be a simple prayer to say, Jesus, save me. That's it. It's all by faith. God knows your heart. And if that's you, you've prayed that prayer for the first time or another, maybe a second, third, fourth, whatever. I want to invite you at the here in a little bit. Will you come and find one of our elders and let them pray with you and bless you and talk with you? Or maybe here today you're a sheep and you know that you're saved. You know you love God. 
You've heard his voice. But come, sometimes sheep, we get sick. The dead will hear his voice and live. And, and saints of God, can we take some moments just to make sure we're in obedience? Maybe God is talking to you, husband, about how to better lead your family. Maybe God is talking to you, wife, about how to love your husband and be the woman of God he's called you to be. Teenager, maybe God is wanting to speak to you like he did to me and Pastor Christian many years ago. That he's got a plan and a purpose for your life and nothing you could ever do will bring more fulfillment than just walking through the doors that God has for you. Maybe he's talking to you today that you've made compromises. You've settled for a less than full life. You've been trying to let him feed you, but also feeding yourself on the side. And he's calling you back just to simple communion. Simple dependency on him for every emotional need, every physical need, every spiritual need. He's such a good shepherd. He has such good to offer you. And we could say, Jesus, I simply come. I simply come. All I want is you. Lord, forgive me for any area, Lord, where I have made compromises. Forgive me, Lord. Let me respond to you. Jesus, crucify the flesh in me. Crucify every affection that's outside of you. Crucify every attitude that is not your attitude, Lord. I want you, Jesus. All I need is you, Jesus. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come?